You're listening to audio from Gospel Light Christian Church. If you'd like to check out more of our resources or support our ministry, please visit gospellight.sg. During my marriage time, when we were just starting out about one year ago, uh, we have to build a house. Uh, we are God graciously gave us a new home to build, and there's a lot of things to buy, appliances and a lot of uh, all the little, little gadgets. Uh, quite expensive kind of thing. And I was thinking that, hey, how good will it be to have free appliances that people will give? And I came across this website called Canvas. Uh, for those of you that are building a home, you know this website called Canvas. And I saw that they are giving out 12 days of Christmas giveaway. And they are like water dispenser, they are like air cons, they are like washing, uh, washing machines. I will say, I want everything, you know, kind of thing. But to, in order to get this free gift, I have to sign up and I have to show my interest. And after I show my interest, to my surprise, never has it happened in my life before. I've never won any lucky draw or giveaway. Uh, I received a text um, from the selection of uh, winners by Canvas. And it says, congratulations, you are selected as the winner and you are going to receive this water dispenser. And to me, uh, water is this dispenser, just water. Lah. But never mind, I will still get it, you know, kind of thing. So I thought that I have won this prize and all I need to do is to go on to this website to, to register and to give all my details and then they will, they will announce uh, that I'm a winner and I, they will deliver over to my house. But I find that this is a bit fishy. I'm not so lucky in life. Uh, and, and I just waited for another day. But thank God, the next day, the real account, Canvas account, state this. We do not have a second account. We, 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 are not, we are not, this is not our account. We don't give away free gifts like that. We will not ask you for credit card information nor send you any suspicious link. Thank God I didn't tell my wife. If not, I will be... I ne- thank God I never click on the link and, and give all my de- uh, de- credit card details away. So you see, I, these are people that are imposing themselves. These are people that pretend to be someone they are not. You know, for you, maybe you receive MOH uh, call every day. Hello, this is from MOH. I, this is from ICA. I need you to do this and do that. People pretend to be someone that they are not. That is exactly what we are going to look at for today's sermon. In fact, in the book of Malachi, in chapter 1 to chapter, uh, chapter one to chapter 2, we're going to see a group of phony leaders and the people that pretend to be someone that they are not. They come before God. They are religious people, by the way. They come to church every Sunday. They will pay their dues to God, but yet God despises them and God will not accept their offering. So today's sermon, you will see that God is going to expose their hypocrisy, tell them that they are phony people in how they deal with their their worship to God. Secondly, we're going to see Malachi will chip in and tell the people of God not just how they are are, uh, worshipping God wrongly, uh, Malachi is going to expose them and tell them how they are treating their wife uh, differently uh, as how God desired them. As well. So we're going to see how God exposed them and how Malachi exposed their hypocrisy as well. Let's begin. 25 verses. Long verse. As compared to Daniel 5 verses, we have 25 verses to cover today. A son honor his father and a servant his master. And God is speaking to the people, the priests, if I am your God, then where is my honor? And if I am your master, then where is my fear? Says the Lord of hosts uh, to the priests the people that are supposed to represent the nation of Israel. These are leaders. And God exposed them and tell them that you are hypocrites. Where is my honour? You have been despising my name. 
You know, when someone were to rebuke you and expose of your hypocrisy, most of the time we will say, oh no, I, I'm sorry, I, I, this is what I have done wrong, and apologize, and, and, and we confess our sins and turn back to God, right? But the leaders did differently. Did something else that, that says, the leaders, uh, the, the priests, uh, they says, how have we despised your name? They play innocent. God, you say I despise your name. No, I have never done that. I am a religious leader. I have been coming to church and perform all the offerings to you. How am I a hypocrite? How have we despised um, your name? They were people of in, that were insensitive to their sins. They were hardened. Their hearts were hardened and their hearts were far away, even though they are doing what seems to be um, right. We're going to discover... Um, we're going to discover their hypocrisy. God helped them to discover their hypocrisy and expose them. What is this discovery? Ah, this is how they are despising God's name. They are giving God polluted worship. They are giving God corrupted food, polluted food, and present it to God as if that God is going to accept that. Again, they are ticky, very, very ticky. How have we polluted you? How have we despised you? And God is going to reveal to them by saying, hey, this is what you do. This is what you did. You give me blind animal, lame animal, sick animal on my altar. Hey, that is disgusting. That is not right. Why? Because the priest understood what true and pure offering is. We see that in Leviticus, the Bible tells us, tell the priests of the people of, uh, of God that you shall not offer anything that has a blemish or any animals that's blind or disabled or mutated. This animal... Please, I will not accept this all kind of offering even if you present it to me. God rejected their offering, their hypocrisy. And the Bible even tells us that if they were to do that, they will bear the sins for it and they will even die when they profane the name of God on the altar. God helped them to discover their hypocrisy. Secondly, we see that God, is, God was so disgusted with their hypocrisy that God is going to reveal how disgusting all this polluted worship is. We see the Bible tells us uh, in the next slide, think about this, uh, you, you, you give me this kind of lousy worship, you present this to the governor, you think your governor will accept it and show you favour and grace? No way. The governor, even if the earthly governor understands that this kind of worship is not accepted, how would God accept those kind of lamed, corrupted polluted worship. God will not accept. They, the people of God, the leaders of God think that they can entreat the favour of God. God is gracious, right? God is merciful, right? That He may be gracious to us. Will such a gift from your hand, will such a gift from your hand, will He show favour to anyone of you who give this kind of polluted worship? No way. In fact, there's a group of people that claim that they will give God their best. But yet, Behind the scene, they soak their best for the leftover, for the lousy one. Cursed be the chick who has a meal in the flock, the best meal in the flock. They want to present it to God and sacrifice to God and they vow to give God their best. But behind the scene, they change it with a blemish uh, animal. God will not accept this kind of polluted worship and He is disgusted with them. In fact, God says, just close shop lah. Just don't give me anything on the altar. I will not accept that. Oh, there is one among you who will shut the door that you may not kindle fire on my altar in vain. 
God do not want hypocrisy. God do not want people to come and present him an offering that is half-hearted, that is corrupted, that is polluted. God will not accept them. In fact, close shop, please, I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts, and I will not accept an offering um, from your hand. You profane it when you say the Lord's table is polluted, the fruits and the, and the food may be despised. I don't need all these things. I don't need your hypocrisy. And then they continue to say, their attitudes stink. God pierced through the onion, layer by layer, and exposed their hypocrisy. And God sees through their heart. And God says, but you say, you priests, you leaders of the church, what a wearisome this is. And you snort at it. It means this, the leaders, the priests, find it burdensome to offer offerings to God. They find it sien. They, they, they find that this is like wow, so, so tedious. Every day I have to go and present the offering on behalf of the, of the people. Uh, you know what? Just, I will just give God half-hearted half uh, half worship. I will just give God some polluted worship. God despises all these things. This is the attitude of the leaders then. Ah, yeah. They are doing it out of duty, but not out of a devotion to God. Think about this with me. Imagine one day you ask your kid, a son, can you go to the kitchen and to help to clean the dishes for your mom? Your mom has been tired and have been working very hard. A boy, can you go and help to clean the dishes? And the boy says, Wow, why do you always call me? Can't you ask my sister on the, on the bed and playing computer games, playing mobile legend or whatever? Why can't you ask my little brother that's good for nothing and doing nothing? Why always me? Why must you always call me to go and wash the dishes? But then no choice, right? If they don't do it, they will get smacked and all that stuff, right? So they have no choice. They will go to the, uh, um, uh, the sink and to wash the dishes and they will make a lot of noise. Ping, 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 just to get the attention that he's doing something for the parents. Do you think if you are the mom or the parents, will you accept this kind of thing? Maybe some of you say yes because things have to be done, right? But if you think about it, we will not accept that, that kind of attitude, right? Even though they may be giving their parents something, but their, their attitude stinks. These are the leaders. They tell God in their, they tell God in their hearts, ah, it's so burdensome, so wearisome. Why should I do this? And they do it out of duty and they continue to give God polluted, corrupted worship. Do you think God deserves this kind of attitude? Do you think God deserves this kind of offering? No way. God says, shall I accept this from your hand? No way. You know why? Because God is a great God, a great king, and his name is supposed to be feared among nations. He is the God of the universe. He is the same God that brought the people out of Egypt. It's the same God that parted the Red Sea. It's the same God that provides for the people of Israel uh, with manna. And this is the God that have done so many, things, so many things for them. But yet the leaders give God half-hearted, polluted worship. He is the God. He is the God of the universe. He is the Alpha and Omega and the beginning of the end. And the Bible says He is the Lord of hosts, the Jehovah, the self-existing one, the all-eternal one, from Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He is God. He is the great king. And he has a lot of army, angels' army, that is at his command. And they will bow before him and worship and fear him. But yet, these leaders that is supposed to represent God, 
give God half-hearted worship. And God, was dis- God is disgusted with their worship. One day, one day, uh, Malachi 1 chapter 11 says, one day, all nations, from the rising of the sun to the setting of my names, will be great among nations. And in every place, incense will be offered to my name, God's name, and a pure offering will be rendered unto God. One day, the Jews and the Gentiles will come before God and to present to God a pure offering. Not yet, but one day he will come. And Luzon will talk more about that um, next week because his name is great. And if if his name is great and God is a great king, how dare we come before God and to give God half-hearted worship? So we have discovered that hypocrisy we understand that, that hypocrisy is so disgusting to, to God and God now is going to discipline His people, His leader. Oh now, and now, oh priest, this is the command for you, priests, leaders of the church. If you do not listen, if, if you do not take it to heart and to give honour to my name and fear my name, says the Lord of hosts, I will send curse upon you and I will curse your blessing. They live in an old covenant period. All right? We are living in a new covenant. And what is the old covenant? Old covenant means blessing for obedience, cursing for disobedience. And the people of God, they are having disobedience to God and they receive this cursing from God. And God says, indeed, I have already cursed them because they do not lay it to heart. They know what is right. They know what is the right kind of form of worship. But yet, they choose to not take it to heart and they choose intentionally to give God half-hearted worship. What is this? What is this curse? The Bible tells us God is going to curse them and rebuild their offspring and spread dung on their faces and the dung of their offerings, you shall be taken away. So what happened in the past is that when the Old Testament people, when the priests offer, offer sacrifice to God on the altar, there will be some left over the, the poop and the intestine, there's the unclean part. They will be thrown out and they will be collected and they will be uh, taken out to the city, out of the city, and they'll be burned outside of the city. This is a very graphic imagery that God is going to curse the priest and give uh, uh, rebuild the, the priest. How? By removing them from their duty as a priest. It's a prophetic word because you're going to see that all this priesthood is no longer uh, there anymore. Uh, and the great high priest will come in 400 years later. This is Jesus. So God is going to curse the current priest, the priest that give God half-hearted, corrupted worship. And so that you know that I have sent this command to you and that my covenant with the Levites may stand, says the Lord of hosts. God now gives us the standard of the right kind of priest in the next few verses. Uh, the kind of priest that he has with the covenant with the Levites. These are the true and pure offering that he desired. The Bible tells us that the right kind of priest, the Levite's priesthood during the, in the past, as compared to the current priesthood in Malachi, they are very, very different. The right standard of the priest is supposed to be one, with, one that fear God, one that stood in the awe of God's name, is a covenant with God, is one with life and peace and abundance that God gave to them. It was a covenant of fear that they will fear God and in turn, God will bless them. This is the standard of the priest then. What is this standard? True instructions was in their mouth. There were no wrong was found on their lips. They were honest. They were upright. They were righteous. They walked with God. 
the standard of the priests, the standard of the leaders then. They will walk with God in peace and uprightness and they have turned many away from their iniquities, from their sin. That is the right kind of priesthood. For the lips of the priest shall guard knowledge. They will protect knowledge. They will not let false teacher come into the church. They will guard and protect. They will seek, people will seek instruction from their mouth because they are walking with God and he is a messenger of the law of hosts. This is the kind of Levites, uh, the priests that God desired them to be. But the leaders, the priests then, they did the opposite. Matthew Henry says this, Nothing profanes the name of God more than the misconduct of those whose business it is to do to honour it. These priests did otherwise. This leader did otherwise. What did they do? They have turned many people away from God and away from the truth. They have caused many people to stumble by their instructions. They were lovers of themselves rather than lovers of God. They have corrupted the covenant of the Levites. And God is going to humiliate them. And this is the discipline that God is going to impose and give to them, that God will despise them and abase them and humiliate them before all the people because they do not keep God's way and show partiality in their instruction. So you see, God exposed and helped them to discover their hypocrisy. Now we see God is disgusted with their hypocrisy, being someone, religious people, being someone that they are not, and then God is going to discipline them. God is going to show them that they have two faces. God is showing them they are actors at the pulpit, at the altar. God despise and humiliate them. Now we're going to see how Malachi is going to come in and chip into what God says. So we understand God showed them their hypocrisy in how they are dealing with their vertical relationship with God, how they are giving God half-hearted worship, polluted worship. Malachi now come in and show them their hypocrisy in how they are treating their wives at home. How God Now Malachi is going to chip in and tell them their hypocrisy with how they treat people around them. This is Malachi's words. Have we not all one Father? Have we all not one God that created us? Then why then are we faithless to one another? How have we profaned the covenant of our Father? What is this covenant of our Father? I'll explain later. Judas has been faithless. An abomination, disgusting thing has been committed in Israel and Jerusalem. For Judah has profaned the sanctuary of the Lord, which God loves, which he loves. What is this breaking of profaning of the covenant of our father? They marry, they intermarry with daughters of foreign gods. Maybe to us, we don't understand this. But in a the culture then, they knew that they are not supposed to marry uh, daughters and sons of other, uh, other gods. In Deuteronomy, it's a mosaic covenant that they have with God. And Moses tell them, do not intermarry with people that do not share the same faith with you. Don't give your daughters to their sons or, or taking their daughters to, for your sons. Do not do that. Do not intermarry. For they will turn away your sons and then following, from following me to serve other gods. And the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you and he will destroy you quickly. The people of God knew that they are not supposed to intermarry, but yet they choose to do otherwise. And even though they know what is right, you guess what? 
they continue to come before God to present their offering to God, thinking that God will accept their worship. Solomon was another person that shows us this is not how it's supposed to be, right? Uh, Solomon was, oh, he has 700 wives. Uh, this is not recommended in, 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 in the society now, right? There's 300 concubines, and his wife turns his way, uh, turn his heart away from the true and living God. His wife turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was no longer fully whole to the Lord his God. That's why the people tell uh, God, the Malachi tell the people, do not intermarry because you will walk away from me. You will break this covenant that you have with my uh, father. Not just that. Secondly, you will see how they are being a hypocrite by anyhow divorcing their wife. Let me continue in Malachi chapter 2, verse 12. May the Lord cut off the tents of Jacob, any descendants of the man who does this, and bring offering to the Lord of hosts. Remember, we are speaking to a group of leaders and people that are continuing coming before God to present their offerings to God. But God says, you hypocrites, I do not need your sacrifice because how you sacrifice me is not the right way. How you're dealing with people around me it is not the right way. And God tells them, the second thing that they did, they covered the altar with tears and crying and, and groaning and weeping. They come before God pretending like the actor, like, like an actor. They come before God, God, why do you not accept my offerings? God, I have done all these things for you. God, I'm giving you the offerings that you require, right? Why didn't you accept my offerings anymore? Why? 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 Why you didn't accept my offerings? The Bible tells us because the Lord was the witness between you and their wife, their, their wife and them, of their youth, to whom they have been faithless. Though she was the covenant, though she was a companion and your wife by covenant. So what does it mean? It means that they're coming before God to worship God and pretending that they love God. But at home, they were intermarrying with foreign uh, daughters of foreign God. They know that they're not they're supposed to do that, but yet they did it otherwise. Not just that, they are, they are now being faithless with their wife at home. What is this? faithless thing that they did. We will look at it later. And what is this covenant they made before God? You see, in the Old Testament, I mean, in the, in the, currently when you, if you get married, right, you, you will vow before your wife and your spouse to death, do us part, to love, to cherish, and so on and so forth. That's a covenant that you made before God and before men. They made the covenant as well. Don't have the ceremony and all the stuff in the OT time, but they have a covenant that they made before God that they will take this wife as their, as their wife. They will honour and cherish it. They will keep them one because they are one flesh and they will love their wife. You see, someone says this, marriage is not a contract, a two-way relationship between husband and wife. It is a covenant, a three-way relationship in which the couple is accountable to God for the Lord was witness to that covenant. They make a promise, they make a covenant before God that this is my wife and they will love and cherish it. But yet, they did otherwise. What did they do? They were divorcing their wife any old how. Did he not make them one, husband and wife, one, with a portion in spirit in their union? What was the one God was seeking of godly offspring? So guard yourself in your spirit and let none of you be faithless to the wives of your youth. What is this hypocrisy that God was talking to them about? They were divorcing their wife. They do, they does not, they do not love their wife, but they are divorcing their wife any old how. In other version, God says, God hates divorce. 
God hate divorce, says the Lord, the God of Israel. And he covers his garment with violence because that is not his character. That is not the will of God for marriage, for the covenant that you have made before God. Guard yourself in the spirit. Do not be unfaithless. You see, in the Old Testament, the people then were anyhow divorcing their wife. When their wife cooked a wrong kind of food, a poor seasoning, they would go to Moses and say, I will go to divorce my wife and sign the certificate of divorce. And they will be done deal. And when, the, when, when, when your wife did all these crazy things at, in the kitchen, they will really anyhow or how divorce their wife because of what happened at home. Poor seasoning. Or when their wife is noisy, they will go to their leader, I want to divorce my wife because my wife is noisy. My wife's not at home, I want to divorce my wife. The people then, they were really mistreating their wife and treating them indifferently. God despised them. God says this ought not to be. And God exposed their hypocrisy. It was not so from the beginning. God all intention, all along intent, intent married to be a husband, one husband and one wife, one male and one female. That was all along the origin plan of God. That was all along from the beginning. The reason why Moses allowed them to divorce is because of their hardening of heart. But it was not so at the start. And God exposed their hypocrisy. So let me sum up what we have learned today. God rebuilded the people of the leaders of God and exposed their hypocrisy and to show them what they have done wrong in how they are dealing, with, uh, how they are treating God in uh, giving God polluted worship. Secondly, we see Malachi came in and says, hey, it's not just how you are treating God like he is a fairy, fairy God. You are not treating God with fear and reverence. Secondly, this is what you are, you are doing. You are a hypocrite. You give God not your best and you give your wife not your best. You treat your wife differently. You are divorcing your wife and you're intermarrying with women of a foreign God. When I look at these few verses, 25 verses, a lot of verses, what? So what? So what if you understand about all this knowledge of the people in Malachi? So what if you understand that this is what God says and this is what Malachi says, what they have done wrong and what is supposed to be right? So what? How does this apply into our life? And I want to drive more home um, from now on. I remember a song uh, that we sang in the children's ministry called Hippocrita. I don't know whether you know about this, but this is a song by this group of people that sang this song and they composed this song. And the children will sing this song in Sunday school um, during my time. And this, this song goes like this. Our walk talks and your talk talks. But your walk talks louder than your talk talks. You cannot hide what's inside. It's sure to come out. It's sure to come out. Your, word, your words may whisper, but your actions shout. Hypocrite, hypocrite, you say one thing, you say, I love God, but then you do the opposite. You say you worship God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, but at home you do, you treat your wife differently, you treat your spouse differently. Hypocrite, hypocrite, you say one thing and you do the opposite. It's a phony life, fake life, not genuine kind of life, full of empty glitter. God is not pleased with a counterfeiter. Shall we sing this song together? No, I'm not. <laughs> Of course not. I can't remember, even remember the, the lyrics. But that is exactly my point here. And when I look at this song, God was reminded me of this song uh, when I was preparing this sermon. 
I realize that sometimes we can be like the people of Israel. Leaders can be like the people of the priests of God. Members, we can be like the people that are faithless to our wives and we dishonor God's name. We despise His name by giving God half-hearted worship, polluted worship, and we treat our wife differently as compared to how God wants us to treat our wife and our spouse. Maybe today you find yourself in this room. That no, I am not a hypocrite. My wife is the hypocrite. I'm not a hypocrite. The people around me all are hypocrites. How they live their life, they say that they love God, they come to church every Sunday, but then they live a very different life at home. They come to worship God every Sunday, but they live their life from Monday to Saturday like the devil. Maybe you have been in church for the longest time. Maybe you are the foundation of this building. You know, you are standing... By the way, this is a building when we took uh, many years ago, uh, when the, this building is not even built. We will go to have this ceremony and we want to say, to God be the glory. We want to use this building for the furtherance of God's kingdom and for the glory of God. We have been there. Maybe you are not just there. Maybe you just came recently. Or maybe you have been in church for the longest time, ever since Pastor Paul founded the church. When Pastor Paul was under the coconut tree preaching the gospel, you are there under the coconut tree or the palm tree. You were here since the beginning. But... Now, we become religious. We go through the motion, like the people in Israel. We know the right words to say. We can even be the leaders of the church. We can even be pastors. We can even be serving God actively in cooking and giving out a lot of uh, amazing food to the people. We can be serving in the worship team. We can be serving in the AV team. We can be serving in the CG leader but yet we can be doing all these things and giving God our offering, but our hearts, we are far away. We may have the form of godliness, but we deny the power thereof. Maybe this video give, helps us to summarize what I'm trying to say here. So let's take a look at this simple video. I will sing of your love on Sundays only sing of your love on Sundays I will sing of your love on Sundays Then this feeling is gone by Monday I surrender some I surrender some Jesus I See you. 
this song for years It's now a standard here Come before God, we say we love God, but we live our life so differently from where God, how God wants us to be. We sing songs on Sunday, but on Monday to Saturday, we sing, we tune on, tune to our K-pop songs and the worldly songs, and we don't worship God. We, we come to church on Sunday to read the Bible, but that's not enough for us. We have to read the Bible from every day of our life to have a relationship with God, isn't it? Don't be a hypocrite. Don't just surrender some. Surrender all when God surrender every part of your life. Uh, when God give His all for us, I didn't pack up with a gland to sing the song just now. But if you think about that, when we sing "I surrender all," do we really mean it, or do we say "I surrender all"? But God, I keep some parts in my life to you, to myself. There's some doors that I close. I don't want you to come in. God, I surrender all, but these are things that I don't want to surrender. Hey, when we say we come before God to worship Him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, we want to mean it. We don't want to go through the emotions. We don't want to be like the hypocrite. They come to church to impress people at how, how well we dress. The new shoe. Can you check out my new shoe? Can you check out my new uh, eyelashes or my LV bag? We don't come here to impress people. We come here to worship God with the best that we know how. We don't want to go through the motion. We don't want to come to worship God and then somehow in our hearts we know that there's someone that we have offended and we have not reconciled with the person. And then we will come before God, God, I surrender all, but there's someone that you're hating on the inside. The Bible tells us, if you therefore offer your gifts at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, have anything against you, don't come and worship me first. Leave the altar there before the altar and go away Go, go your way, be first reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your sacrifice. Come and offer your gift. You see, God is not pleased when we come before Him pretending to be someone that we are not. He exposed our hypocrisy and He confronts and shows us that. Can I say this also? The reason why God and Malachi exposed the people's hypocrisy is not to condemn them but to wait for them to come back to Jesus, to return to Jesus, to return to their wife, to be faithful to their, to their wife and to be faithful to God. God and Malachi exposes them not to condemn them, but to give them the grace for them to come back to Him. Worship. 
is the response of all that we are to all that God is and what He has done for us. That is the right kind of worship. It's not surrendering half, some, but keep some to yourself. Worship is the response of all that we are. What does it mean? In Romans 12 verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that what? That you present your body, your entire life to God, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. God wants our all, not some. To all that God is, who is God? God is gracious. God is love. God is merciful. And God is over and over again in the Old Testament and even right now, He's still showing grace after grace, grace upon grace, grace upon grace. And the reason why He has not come back is because He is still waiting for people to repent, believers and non-believers alike, so that we can have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Don't be people that honour God with your lips, but your hearts are far away. Come back to God. Stop living that double standard life. Stop trying to be someone that you are not in church and religiously. God wants our all. Come back to the God who is merciful, who is gracious, who is loving and is waiting for people to return back to Him. You will see that in the entire book of Malachi. God exposed them and then they tiki, they stubborn people. Where God, where God, where God? And God continued to show grace to them. And God is continuing to show grace to you even this morning. A contrite heart, God will not despise. A broken spirit and a contrite heart, God will not despise. He despises when we become a hypocrite, but He don't despise when we come before Him just as we are. Broken, sinful people before Him. God loves that. God will not despise that. So come back to Him, will you? as church people, as brothers and sisters in God, as, as in Christ, don't be like a hypocrite. Follow God, love Him, obey His command. Repent, repent. Confess your sin. Turn back to Him. Second application that I want to make this morning. It's not just in how we deal with our relationship with God vertically, but how we deal with our wives and our spouse horizontally at home. God says this, guard yourself in the Spirit. Do not be faithless because you make a vow. Remember, you make a vow before God and God is the witness of your, of, 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 of your wife, of, of the covenant that you made before God. For me, it was one year and one month ago. <laughs> I made that, thankfully my wife is not here. I made that vow before God and says, God, I will vow before you and before your witness that I will love and cherish to protect and to provide till death do us part. I make a vow. I make a promise to God. I make the covenant before God. And I have to honour that and cherish that and love that. Yes, there are times that I fail my wife. There are times that I wasn't uh, faithful or loving to my wife. And there are times that I don't understand my wife. Yes, guys, we sometimes don't understand our wife, right? No matter how much you try to understand your wife, we still don't get it. <laughs> that was, that, that's me. But remember the vow that you made. Whether you understand or not. Whether they are old or young, whether they are pimple or no pimple, whether they have wrinkles or no wrinkles, do death to a past. You made your vow before God, keep it. Do not be faithful. Be, do not be faithless, but be faithful to God. Keep loving uh, to your wife. 
I, I want to end with two stories. The first story was actually a story by a pastor that we came across uh, two weeks ago. We went to the conference by Pastor Ray Auckland. And he was sharing about his life. And someone asked him a question. Uh, you are busy in church, right? You are doing a lot of things, presenting your offering to God. How do you spend your time at home? And he shared this simple story. He shared that one day the wife came to him and said this statement to him. The wife said to him, uh, Pastor Ray, uh, not, not Pastor Ray, uh, dear or whatever, darling, we have loved you always. The wife, they were, she is very wise and smart and loving and she used kind words and not accusative words. Why you never, why you never? The wife came to the husband and says, dear, we have loved you always. Here comes the feedback. But we would not have you always. Yes, we love you, but you are so busy. You are so busy in church. You are so busy doing things for God, but, but we don't have you. you are, we don't see you at home. The sons and daughters need you at home. You, can you do something about it? We need you. And the pastor, guess what the pastor did? He said, no, this, I'm serving God. I, I'm doing all these things. Of course not. The pastor repented and shared his story with us. He confessed his sins and he repented and turned back to the, to the wife. And he apologized to the wife and said sorry and they reconciled. And he made amendment. He made changes in his life so that he will honor God, giving God pure offering, but at the same time not neglecting his, her, his wife at home and his spouse and his daughters and sons. I want to end with my story. I find myself being a hypocrite. As I was sharing this sermon, I was saying, wow, the people of Malachi, wow, they, are so, they are such a hypocrite. The leaders are hypocrite. The people are hypocrite. Then I asked myself, am I like that too? I'm a leader. I've become a pastor. Am I like the hypocrite? Let me share with you my story. You know, we, we, like just uh, half a year ago, we just moved into our new place. And in the new place, we want to have Bible principle. We want to cultivate a biblical value installed in the family, and especially with the baby boy that's coming out. Yes, thank God it's a baby boy, even though I want a girl, but God gave me a boy. And I want to cultivate Bible principle, insert principle, gospel principle to my family, to my wife, to myself, and to my kids. And, and my wife uh, wisely, lovingly says, hey, let's do this. I read a book called Child Foundation of a family, something, something like that. I cannot remember exactly because I have not read the book, but she has read. And I wrote like all these child principles, I strongly agree and I'm convicted to impose, not impose, to in, introduce this uh, principle to my family. But guess what? I was the hypocrite. The very principle that I want to share to my family are the very principle immediately, five years ago, I broke. What happened was this that after we receive the card shipped from US and we have to frame it up. So we go to Ikea, oh, Ikea, uh, $2 uh, frame, well, a, a, bit, a bit cheap, but and then a bit flimsy, a bit hard, cannot. Then we went to uh, Spotlight to buy another frame, uh, cost $8, and they said, oh, it's a bit too expensive, we don't want to spend that kind of money. And we found one that is about $3 for one frame, cheap, but it's black color. We don't like black color. Our house is all wood and white and cream and stuff, uh, like, like a Muji kind of thing. And we don't like black in the house. So what happened, right? I said, no choice, $3, we buy like cheap. So we buy a paint. I, will, I bought a paint, oil paint. I'll paint over it for hours and hours. I will spray paint the thing to make, it, to make sure that the thing become white. And then my wife complained. Not complained. Give a suggestion. Hey, this, <laughs> this spot, uh, this spot, there's something wrong with this spot. Can you, can you just do, change, change it? Then no choice. I get a bit irritated already. I was like, wow, you talk a lot, but you don't do anything. Huh? Uh, because I don't understand my wife. 
I don't love my wife enough. I, I, in my head, I was saying all these things. So never mind, I do it. I love her, right? Then she, I change it. Then after that, they say, oh, can you do the color a bit change? Then I use a wall paint to paint over the, the frame. Again, hours of work. Then I say, can't really not. Wow. She says something again that made me even more irritated. And I just say, wow, how can you, why can't you just be appreciative of what I have done? How can you just, can't, why can't you just affirm what the things that I have been doing for you in the family? But guess what? The very principle that I want to cultivate are the very principle that I choose, I choose intentionally not to cultivate. The principle is this. Be an encourager and build one another up. Instead, I'm tearing her down. Why didn't you say this? Why can't you be appreciative of me and so on and so forth? I tear her down. I make her feel bad about herself. I didn't love her. I didn't understand her. She was tired. She's about one month into the baby being popped up, you know, kind of thing, and she's tired. And she has a lot of things to do. She has to hand over a lot of things to the children ministry leaders before she takes a four months break. I did not, I failed to understand her needs. I choose to insist my needs on her and I feel to encourage her and build her. I feel to bear with her and forgive her as Christ has forgiven me. The very principle that I want to cultivate is the very principle that I break. I found myself being a hypocrite. And I, I, I told her, uh, I need a break. I cannot, I cannot stand anymore. Uh, I, I need a break. And I reflected about this. And I asked God to forgive me for my impatience. I, I asked God to forgive me for me being impatient and unloving and not understanding to my wife. And the next hour, I went to my wife and apologized to her, tell her that I, I'm sorry that I made you feel this way. I'm sorry that I, I, I used unkind words to you. I saw, I'm sorry that I didn't understand you. And we reconciled, we hugged and we reconciled. As I look back in my life, it's so easy for all of us to be hypocrites. One thing we say, we love you, God, but it's another thing in how we live our life at home. So repent, turn back, return to God. So for Christian, check yourself. How are you treating God? Are you despising God by giving Him half-hearted worship? Are you despising God because you say you love God, but you treat your wife and your husband and your spouse and, your, and the people around you all very differently? God forbid. And maybe you are not a Christian in this room. Maybe this is the first time in church. You say, yeah, you Christian, you're a hypocrite. Yes. I, I want to apologize for on behalf of all the Christians. Yes, sometimes we are hypocrite. We say one thing and we do the opposite. We ask for your understanding because we are still we are Christian. We are Christians saved by the grace of God, still under construction. Don't, don't fix your eyes on the Christians that fail all the time. Fix your eyes on God who is able to save you. You see, we Christians, we are more sinful and flawed than we can ever imagine. But we understand that because of Christ, He died for our sins, that's why we can come before Him just as we are. But we don't want to stay as we are. We want to change. We want to love God because of all the things that Christ has done for us on the cross. And I'll end a verse. I want to end this quote to you. Tim Keller once said this, Christian, yes, we are more sinful Christian and non-Christians are like, we are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we can ever dare believe. I am sinful. I, I feel short of the glory of God and you have fallen short of the glory of God. We are sinful. But yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Christ Jesus than we ever dare hope. 
Today, you can have this hope. Today, you can receive this amazing grace because we ha- I have received it. My life was transformed from the inside out. I received this amazing grace. I, re- I know this God that loves me. What did I do? I, I repent on my way. I recognize that I'm a sinner. I recognize that I need a savior. I recognize that good works doesn't save me. And who saved me? Only Jesus can. And he came to die for the sins of the whole world. He gave his all for you so that we can have life. And lastly, will you receive him? Will you return and repent of your way and to turn to him and trust him to be your savior this morning? And if you have more questions about Christian faith, Speak to your friends that, invite, that have invited you. Ask them challenging questions. Investigate about Jesus Christ. So let me close with this. Malachi speak to the people then, and Malachi is still speaking to the people now. May we find ourselves not being faithless. May we find ourselves being faithful to God and to our spouse at home. Let's bow with a word of prayer. God, we come before you with our knowledge of our sinfulness. We are sorry for the time that we pretend to be someone that we are not, just like the priests, just like the people of God in Israel. God, we ask for your help. We come before you confessing our sins because you are faithful and just to forgive our sins. We come before you repenting of our way, knowing what we have done wrong and we want to move forward to holiness to be more and more like Jesus. God, we know that we can't, but you can. Give us the power. Help us to be walking right with you, to be sensitive to your spirit's leading in our life. And every time when you expose our sin, will you expose our sin to the point that we will turn back to you? Every day of our life, we will, be, we will repent, we will believe, and we will obey you for the rest, for the rest of our life because you died for our sins. You are our redeemer. You are our savior. You are our great king. Thank you that we can come before you today to worship you. Not with a kind of half-hearted worship, but we can come before you with pure offering, giving our hearts and life to you. Not perfectly, but sincerely. We thank you for this time that we can learn from your word. We pray for not just information, but transformation. We thank you, we love you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.